Hello, how is everyone doing today? This is the first episode of Buzzer Beater, air, Buzzer Beater airing from Austin, Texas and Florida. My name is Nandak and this is my co-host Adesh. Adesh, how are you doing today? I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good, man. How about you? I'm doing pretty good too, pretty good too. Excited to uh, dive into the many topics we have today to discuss. Yes, so sir, first and foremost, Brooklyn's big three, how do you feel about it? So I'll be honest, when I heard about Brooklyn's big three, this big three was very unique compared to, like, you know, big three is like, you know, we've seen an NBA throughout. So let's first look at the recent one, the big three in Miami. You had Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Bosh. You had Wade, who was a shooting guard. LeBron was a small forward, and then Bosh, a big man. The Spurs big three, you had Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili, and then Tim Duncan. Parker's a point guard. Duncan's a big man. Ginobili, while he was another guard, he was coming off the bench. The Brooklyn uh, big three, you have Kyrie Irving, who is like a dominant ball handler, you know, has really nice dribbles and stuff and passes. James Harden, the most confusing player in NBA history, can, you know, go partying in one night and then drop a 50-point triple-double next day. And then Kevin Durant, probably the most lethal scorer of our time in terms of, you know, he can go wherever he wants and shoots it. So, and everyone knew about the Brooklyn big three. Like, I, my um, favorite coming out of this year, I'm biased, was Brooklyn. I thought, you know, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant – they're motivated as hell to win it all this year. And them getting hardened pretty much, I think, made it certain. So far, the games against Cleveland were very um, concerning defensive-wise. However, I do believe that they will find a way. Because remember, Miami, that 2011 team that, you know, got that big three, they were 9-20 and losing to Utah. And this is not Utah with, like, Gordon Hayward. This is Utah with, like, a post. Darren Williams, Carlos Boozer, like, there were some randos on that team. So they were a bad team defensively, but... I think Brooklyn needs to, you know, slowly get themselves back. So I have, I have a pretty much similar take. I have very high hopes for Brooklyn. The moment I saw the trade deal that happened with Brooklyn and the uh, other three teams, the Rockets, Cavs, and the Pacers, for me, the Nets are a, a championship or bust team. They have to win a championship this year in order to prove that what they did is worth it. Because they gave up all their assets for the next decade or so in order, in order to win this championship. They knew the risks. And if they lose this year... They're losing out on a prime James Harden and a prime Kevin Durant, okay? So you're already losing a year on these two, and these are the three most ball-dominant players in the league. They, but you think yeah, – so go ahead, sorry. Oh, you can go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was going to ask you, like, ask you a question, but you, I want you to finish up, and then I'll ask that question. Yeah, so this team is a finals or bust team. I don't think it's a problem with either three. Because I've noticed that in the last few games James Harden has played, he's been willing to take the backseat. He's leading the league in assists so far. He's taken less shots than Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, passing the ball to Kyrie and Kevin way more than we expected him to. He's taken the backseat. He's willing to compromise in order to win a championship. In my opinion, it's not the problem of Harden, Kyrie, or Kevin Durant. It's the problem of DeAndre Jordan. He's the only defensive plus to this team. And we all know he cannot start as a center. We need the the... Nets need someone else in order to start as a defender. Kyrie, Harden, and Kevin Durant are not fantastic defenders. We all know that. The only good defensive player is DeAndre Jordan. And he cannot play 40-plus minutes every night. So, Okay, yeah, my question was pretty much, do you think Brooklyn should pretty much focus on winning it this year? Or also, you know, you know, kind of like this year being like a learning curve and then try to win it next year? I, In my honest opinion, I would give – if I were the Nets GM and if, and if I was Steve Nash, I would give them, I would give the three time until the All-Star weekend in March. And honestly, I would see if they still don't improve and if they're still the same defensively, I would ponder on trading Kyrie Irving for someone else. Most probably Ben Simmons, a point guard for a point guard because the Nets don't have any more picks anymore. Because if you think about it, Embiid and Kyrie Irving would be amazing in the league you, because you already have Embiid, who's a great defender. You don't need – the 76ers don't need Ben Simmons, who's, also, who's already a good defender. He's a liability to, to the 76ers. He cannot shoot. We've seen his jumper get worse and worse over the last four years. He's not been improving. If you replace Ben Simmons with Kyrie Irving, you'll have another dependable shooter that Embiid can rely on besides Tobias Harris. And if you add Ben Simmons to the Nets – They'll also have a, they'll have a defensive plus. It doesn't matter if he can shoot or not. We have the two best scorers on the Nets, Kevin Durant and James Harden. And you can also have another backup for DeAndre Jordan, Ben Simmons, who's a great perimeter defender and a great post defender. He's a seven-footer, so you can get it done on both ends. I have a similar trick to you, actually, man. But, yeah, because for me, I think Brooklyn, since 
if they made this Harden trade, you know, much earlier in the offseason, I would consider, okay, Brooklyn should win it this year. But given the fact that Harden, you know, came somewhat midway through the season, I think Brooklyn, they're going to let this year go. I guess they're not going to be too focused. I mean, they should be able to win it with how much talent they have. But, you know, there's the Lakers and Clippers, you know, have a shit ton of talent. And already, you know, gone through the, you know, learning failures and stuff. But, yeah, I think definitely, I think the trade deadline is going to be a very important deadline for the Brooklyn Nets because they need to find out exactly who they want. Now, I don't, like, I understand the Kyrie Irving trade. Uh, tra- I did see on Twitter maybe a Kyrie Irving for Chris Middleton, which is actually not bad of a deal because I feel like uh, Irving would actually work well with Giannis and Middleton shifted pretty well with the Milwaukee situation. I'm sorry, with the Brooklyn situation. And, yes, Ben Simmons does seem like a good fit. Given the fact that pretty much Philly seems to have given up on him, I mean, they literally told him that he was going to get traded to Houston, and then, of course, Harding gets traded to Brooklyn and stuff. So I do see that possibly happening. However, I do not think Kyrie Irving gets traded. I feel like when uh, Irving, Durant pretty much both signed, they had pretty much two, like, you know, I think causes that, like, they want to sign. Irving wanted to go to Brooklyn because it was, like, you know, his native place, and they wanted DeAndre Jordan on that team because of friendship. I don't think that any of the, I don't think Harden, Irving, Grant or Jordan will get traded. I do think they should trade Joe Harris, maybe, because like he's a great shooter. I think he's like their. Um, I've seen like some similarities. You know, their next like Matt Miller, a great bench shooter. But like, do you think he's they should trade him because he he's also a really bad defender as well. So, I mean, yeah, I can see that, but you won't get much trade value for Joe Harris. Maybe you'll get a few picks here and there, but I think you'll get the most value from trading Kyrie Irving because. Okay, I think they've given up way too much in order to get James Harden. They cannot trade James Harden. Neither can they trade KD. He's the most valuable asset to the team. Kyrie Irving, on the other hand, you can get so much value for him because him, he's still a young player. He's like 28, 29. We all know what he's capable of doing when he's on the court. We all, but regard, uh, given the fact that he's off the court so much with the drama, we've seen him not play the past seven games. We haven't seen him speak to the media at all. So I think with that risk given, I think he'd be a great fit for the 76ers if they do decide to trade him before the trade deadline. I think Ben Simmons would be a great fit for the Nets because he offered them, he offered the Nets a plus, and he can play in the post really well. And we all know DeAndre Jordan cannot be the starting center for every single game for 40 minutes plus. That's absurd. He's getting old. He hasn't been good since he left the since he left the clip. I think it's absurd. So we either need to get the Nets either need to get a new center. Or they need to trade Kyrie Irving for Ben Simmons. That would offer a great defensive plus for the Nets. Yeah, because, like, one of my things I never understood in Brooklyn beginning was, you know, everyone remembers the old Brooklyn Nets, the fun D'Angelo Russell, Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen team. And I always thought Jared Allen was probably their best, like, defender. You know, he was a good center that fit really well with the team. He was there during the worst time. So, you know, he kind of deserved to be on that team. But they traded his ass to Cleveland, which, I mean, it's a questionable call, I would say, but they're like 15 million centers, but he was their best center. I think, honestly, I think DeAndre kind of has to lead the team. I think he's really their biggest, like, he's their biggest, like, how would I say, he's their biggest answer to the biggest problem, and that's not exactly the best answer. So, I think, think which, yeah, which centers do you think they should target? I think for center-wise, I think definitely at least JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee, he's a good team player on the – um, on the Cavs he's playing right now. And I think he doesn't, I think they can get in easy for what they have, regardless of the trade picks. I think that he could fit in well with the Nets. He's young, he has, he's capable, he played on championship teams. I think he'd fit in really well with the Nets. And he doesn't offer any, we don't, the Nets don't need much in order to get him as well. Since the Cavs have so many bigs, you have Tristan Thompson, you have JaVale McGee, you have Larry Nance Jr., they're all bigs. And it doesn't require much for the Nets in order to uh, obtain JaVale McGee. I think he'd be a great starter for the Nets, and DeAndre Jordan would be a great backup for him. Oh. Yeah, also, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was thinking just, um, JaVale McGee, because think of what JaVale was. He has three rings. He's played with the Warriors, the KD Warriors, so he already has the connection with Durant. He played with the Lakers, of course, recently. I mean, as a Laker fan, you know, we used to call him a vlogger on the court as, like, you know, way to demod him. But, like, at the same time, he's done very well with Cleveland so far, despite his limited role. I do think him going to uh, Brooklyn will be really good for him. I mean, other centers, I would suggest maybe. I mean, there's like a, I mean, in terms of centers, I wouldn't say I would say maybe Dwight Howard, but he just have a Philly. Or maybe a chance. I think Demarcus Cousins would also work really well. For I him. think Demarcus would work, but I think I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I think I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, before Harding got traded, he didn't say any good things about um, Cousins, about Harden. He was said that he, if I remember right, Bucky said that he went to Houston to play for John Wall. Not for James Harden. So I think that might be some beef. 
any other good centers? I feel like maybe Washington might. I think Thomas Bryant might be a good option. I think he's cheap, and uh, I mean the Wizards suck, so that could be another option. Yeah, I would say that. I think did you, I think McGee or any of those Cleveland centers. What about Kevin Love? Do you think he's good? I think Kevin Love would be a great. He he would be great for the Nets, honestly. But he's injured. And he's getting past his prime, so that would be a bit of an issue. I think if I were the Nets GM or Steve Nash, I would aim for a center who's young and has great talent, maybe like Clint Capella or someone like that. Because if you, because the Nets only have a few good years left. In those few good years, the Nets should really target a center who can provide the best longevity for them instead of targeting an old out-of-prime center or even a power forward at that. So I think something like Clint Capella or maybe even, yeah, maybe Clint Capella would be really – uh, like someone like Clint Capella would be good for them. Yeah, and exactly. Capella, he's been balling out recently. I don't know if you've seen this course. Yeah, he had like a triple double blocked, which is, you yeah. know, I don't think I've seen a player do that since Andrew Bynum did in like 2012 playoffs against Denver. And yeah, exactly. He's been balling out. I think, yeah, Atlanta has also came back. We'll talk about them later. And then, yeah, exactly. Age, Durant's 32, Harden's 31, Irving is 27 or 28, but at this point, he might retire next year. You never know about Kyrie Irving, so. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think the Nets are a finals or bust team because if they uh, championship or bust team because if they don't get the championship this year, they're just wasting even more years. Because Kevin Durant, he he came back from an Achilles injury. He's progressed amazingly. He's the best player. He's he's the only player who's progressed this well with an Achilles injury. Uh, got uh, yeah, pretty much yeah. He's the only player that's progressed this well with an Achilles injury. They're just throwing away years if they don't win the championship this year. Same thing with James Harden. Yeah, it's true because I mean. Oh, I was going to say, I think, yeah, I had something else to say, but you can, we can move on. But, yeah, yeah, honestly, I think the issue of Brooklyn, yeah, you want to make sure everything's good. And, yeah, just, you know, try to win as early as you can. Because at the same time, yes, oh, yeah, because, yeah, KD has looked amazing off his Achilles injury. But, like, something I've noticed about a lot of injuries are just because a player looks good, you know, immediately afterwards, for them to sustain it is much harder. Like, DeMarcus Cousins, yeah, I think, I don't remember, like, you know, he, tried, he suffered his, you know, Achilles injury. But the Pelicans, time with Golden State, and, like, his first game against the Clippers that game, he was amazing. I mean, he got fouled out, obviously. That's a boogie, you know, typical boogie. But then he, after that game and, like, slowly after a few weeks, he began playing much more worse. Mm-hmm. Durant, I think, has done much better. I think even John Wall, you know, he's looked good. I think he's not the, you know, the old John Wall, but he looks he looks like a decent point guard. Exactly. I mean, explosive. exactly. A little bit less explosive. Yeah. I just want to yeah, go sure. one more thing on the Nets. I think the Cavs in both games really exposed how garbage the Nets' defense is. You let, you let a Cavs team that's in the bottom five offensive rating score 100, and, 100 plus on a Nets team with a big three, Kyrie, KD, and Harden. That really exposed how bad the Nets defense is. If I was Steve Nash or um, the GM for the Nets, I would really consider trading one of the players in order to get more picks or even a center out of that. Because they can't, even if they're struggling against a bottom five offensive team, Regardless if the Cavs have too many bigs or not, they're not going to be able to compete with more well-balanced round teams such as the Lakers in the finals who are in top five offensively and top five defensively. It's going to be a competition for them to struggle with the Lakers or Clippers or anyone else in the finals. Yeah, that's true. I mean, exactly. Cleveland actually, you said bottom five, they had the worst offense coming into the game. Yeah. I think just Colin Sexton is like, you know, a great player on a really bad team. Even my young bull, literally. Allen and Kevin Love as well. The first exactly. Kevin Love didn't play. Uh, I don't think Andre, Andre Drummond played. Yeah, Colin Sexton, he literally had LeBron, an old young LeBron as performance. And it wasn't just Wednesday. Friday, I mean, yeah, there was no KD enough, and like Kyrie and Harden That's played well, well, but they sucked on Friday as well. So, yeah. And even on Monday, too, when they played Milwaukee, I mean, yes, Irving wasn't playing at all, but like Milwaukee looked really good in that game. I mean, if like, if like, you know, a few plays went this or that way, they could have easily came out with the dub, but Brooklyn won. So I don't think that's it's definitely something too. Either I, clear, uh, I think most of us have clearly seen that Harden's willing to take the back seat in this big three. He's leading the lead. He's leading the league in assists right now, passing the ball to KD and Kyrie. He's taking less and less shots every game. In fact, Kyrie, I think he took 28 shots, and Harden took 14 shots, significantly less than what he took in a. Uh, Houston, he's willing to take the back seat in this big three, and he's willing to win a championship. So I don't think it's a problem of the, who's the most ball dominant and who's, who has the ball more. I think it's, just a, I think it's mainly a, just a defensive problem they have on their hands, and that's... Yeah, exactly, because I feel like offense-wise, this team is fine. Like, pretty much any of these guys can go for 30 any game. So I feel like if Harden wants to take a back seat for some games, he can do it. Irving can go off, Derek KD can go off, but, you know, at the same time, Harden, bro, can just go into ISO like 40 million times, and 
get a safety right there. So, yeah, I think offense is – this team is fine. Playing all yeah. 40 minutes plus. In fact, the first game, he played Kate, uh, Kevin Durant 50 minutes plus, including the uh, overtime. That's insane for a player coming off an Achilles injury. That's why I think that's also why he sat out on one Friday. But at the same time, also, Steve Nash is literally his first year. I mean, he has, like, no experience as an assistant coach. I think his own coach. But I think he should just play them less. Because 40 minutes for each big three, 40 minutes plus for each big three, that's insane. That shows that they have no bench depth, which we already know. I think they should really trade Kyrie Irving for a better bench or a better defensive player. Hmm, maybe. We'll see. I mean, I'm going to expose Brooklyn either, either will look much better coming these coming weeks. I mean, they played the Lakers on February 18th, and I, let me check when they played the Clippers. I mean, those will be very big games for both those teams. So. so we'll see how they play. Speaking of Kevin, yeah. I think he's a serious contender for the MVP this year. I mean, Yes, I do think so, too. What's your top five for MVP? Uh, for me, it's Embiid's got to be number one. Embiid's got to be number one for me, then Jokic, and then KD. And then the other two vary between, I'd have to say, Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. It's very close between Ka- – no, 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 not even Kawhi Leonard, but Paul George. I'm sorry, LeBron and then Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, because for me, I would say number one is Joel Embiid. I mean, because mainly for Embiid is because of how, you know, Philly is. Now, ever since the, tw- the 2018 playoffs – Philly has been very inconsistent. I've always felt that like this team, they can make the finals very easily, but at the same time, they can also, you know, completely struggle the bunt and just fail like what they did last year. So the fact that this team is doing much better, they look much more spaced out, uh, like a lot of the players from last year is, you know, doing much better. And I think Doc Rivers coming to this team is much better than what Brett Brown did. Number two, I have Jokic. I think Nikola Jokic might be having his best year so far. I mean, there have been so many beautiful videos of his passing and stuff and, even the fact that Jamal Murray, you know, has exactly uh, – he's like Murray is taking the um, the bubble, you know, struggles mm-hmm. as like all the top bubble players are doing. And then the fact that, you know, they lost Jeremy Grant as well, Michael Porter Jr. has been, you know, with health and COVID issues. So, yeah, he's doing very well. I think when Denver, you know, becomes much better, I think Jokic will get much more love. Third, I have Curry. So, Stephen Curry, yes, he looked completely garbage in those first two primetime games, but he did post 62 points against Portland. And the team is doing much better. So – I feel like Curry's MVP case is all about whether or not Golden State as well. If I think Golden State can get like a top four seed, I think Curry will definitely be I a serious contender. Warriors, but I think it'll be top five, but yeah. I think I think if the Warriors get to the second round, that should be good enough to prove Steph Curry's MVP level. The only reason I didn't have him on top five is because the Warriors are really inconsistent. I mean, they beat the Lakers the other night and then ended up losing to the Knicks by double digits. That is true. I mean, the Lakers team, yeah, that was not a good Lakers, not a good team. And the Knicks, they also lost Draymond, but at the same time, New York was winning that game beforehand. Yeah. But yeah, we'll talk about it later. And then number four, I have Durant. I think Durant so far, he's looked the same guy. I mean, everyone was worried about, oh, Achilles and that stuff. Man had a full year to like just, no, he had more than a full year with all the bubble and the COVID and stuff to relax. He is back. The Slim Ripper is back. And then who else? Number five, I would say Paul George as well. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Paul George. I mean, I think He's lying in that shit, always pissing me off. But his style and his way of game is amazing. And then, you know, he's so far proved all the haters wrong. I mean, everyone calling the pandemic beat. Man's trending on Twitter every time he has a bad game. So it's nice for us. But, yeah, he's doing much better. He's, like, you know, playing like what he was against OK in the does MVP year in OKC. Of course, we have to see the playoffs. And the number six is LeBron. I think a lot of people are, you know, saying, oh, LeBron's doing amazing, amazing that. Yes, I think he's the best player in the league. But – he has been kind of, you know, coasting most of the season. He yes, slowly. he had 34 points. Slowly. Yes, he beat. He slowly. He beat. Oh, you can go. You can go. Right. Yeah, he beat, you know, Giannis badly for 34 points and dominated the Bucks. But he's, you know, he's slowly, you know, relaxing. I think we'll see better games from Braun, uh, I mean, you know, every other game and now. But, yeah, I think he's chill for now. Here's the thing with LeBron, right? He's 36. He's doing great. I think his basketball intelligence and his basketball IQ are at an all-time high right now. They're higher than they were in previous years. But his physical athletic abilities are slowly going down. And and a lot of casual NBA fans will be able to see this. But if you were if you like watch his game progress throughout the years, he's changed his game multiple times. Now he's taking more threes than ever, making them. He shot 60% from three against the Milwaukee game. He's slowly changing his game, but at the same time, his athletic ability is slowly going down. At the same, uh, speaking of LeBron and KD, you said, I, you said LeBron's the best player in the league. I'd have to disagree with that. I'd say KD is the best player in the league right now. If you look at this, KD is averaging 31 points a game, six assists, and seven and a half rebounds. LeBron's averaging 24 
seven and seven. Now I can see the argument as to why you think LeBron is the greatest. He has great basketball IQ and great basketball intelligence. But considering the fact that Kevin Durant is coming off of a serious Achilles injury and putting up 30 plus points a game with other ball dominant players, I think that clearly makes him the better player in this situation. Yeah, definitely. I can I can understand that. For me, see, that's what I do with my best play, my player rankings. I like to see the players. I make these rankings in my own blog every before the year starts. I had LeBron one, KD at two. I felt like I personally felt the injury will not affect him that much. Other the Kevin Durant we saw beforehand will be the same. In terms of my ranking, I what I take into effect in my players is not just how they are in the basketball court. Kevin Durant, in my opinion, if it's just basketball, like you know who plays the best. I think Kevin Durant's the best player in the league. But the thing about LeBron, what he has is intelligence, his IQ, his passing, and his other stuff. The thing is, LeBron, we've seen LeBron in, you know, before in his first year in Cleveland, his first take. The man was an athletic freak. He was like, what, 285 pounds, you know, shit ton of muscle. He was dunking from the free throw line before, you know, as like a normal thing, not even in, free, in a dunk contest. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Miami became even more athletic with other stuff. In Cleveland, we began the second time we saw in Cleveland, he began to become more of a point forward where, you know, he started yeah. becoming more like a triple and all-around player. He yeah. wasn't just, you know, scoring. He was passing the ball. The Laker LeBron, L.A. LeBron, he's probably the most, like, I would say athletically he's the worst. Because, like, he's 36-year-old. He's year old. His body is slowly, like, you know, yeah. it's, like, not working well. But his passing and IQ is very smart. I think something about LeBron, you know, being, in, like, the best player in the league and, like, something that a lot of, you know, the floor generals, like him, Chris Paul, Rajon Rondo, they know the team's place. Like, they've been in the league so much, they can easily, you know, determine how a team's going on, easily break through and do well. That's something I don't think Kevin Durant can ever do. I mean, yes, he's, a, he's an all-around scorer, and, like, his defense is kind of average and stuff. LeBron is good defense. I mean, he, yeah, obviously, you know, he almost won Defensive Player of the Year in 2013. So, he's a good defensive player. And I think overall, yeah, I, I think that will help him out. I think if you just said just one basketball point, I would say Kevin Durant. But for LeBron, you know, he, he's, like, pretty good at that stuff. He can definitely, you know, do everything all around, which is why I make him the best player. But, yeah, stats-wise, in scoring, I would say Kevin Durant's the best player. But, yeah. Because you can see, like, during his second stint in Cleveland, like, towards the end, like, maybe 2018 around there, he kind of eased up playing on defense because I think he realized at that time that his body's not going to be able to take that. Once he joined L.A. with Anthony Davis during his second year, I think we saw Anthony Davis pressurize him more to play defense. And that's how we saw the progression of becoming a more, like, a better defensive player. So, yeah, that's why I said, like, LeBron is really good at evolving his game. He's taking more and more three-pointers. He's shooting higher at a line. He's shooting higher from downtown. He's becoming a better defensive player. But stats-wise, including his Achilles injury and a new team with new chemistry, I have to say that Kevin Durant's the best player in this league. And yeah, understandable, but yeah. Speaking yeah. of LeBron hey, and the Lakers. Bro can't hit a free throw to save his life, though. <laughs> Let him hit a free throw. He can't. He can't. That's the one thing he used to get better at. <laughs> Yep. Speaking, All right, yeah. Speaking of the Lakers, I've I've noticed that the Lakers player development is absolute garbage. We see like when it comes to like when it comes to established players like LeBron James, Anthony Davis, I mean they're already established players. Anthony Davis said like established himself in New Orleans, he was really good, and then came to the Los Angeles Lakers. Same thing with LeBron, he was really good, the best player in the world, came to Los Angeles, which is completely fine, right? But then you have these rookies, for example, D'Angelo Russell, Brandon Ingram. Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, and a plethora of others, right? They start yeah. years out in Los Angeles, but you never see them progress in Los Angeles itself. For example, Lonzo, D'Lo, and Brandon Ingram, they all progressed their game way better when they left Los Angeles. Brandon Ingram, you didn't see him progress as a player at all during his time in Los Angeles. And suddenly when he went to the Pelicans, he's putting up numbers like we've never seen before. He's basically a mini Kevin Durant at this point. Lonzo Ball, we didn't see him progress. He'd become a great role player and a great facilitator for the New Orleans Pelicans. Same thing with D'Angelo Russell and Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma gets a lot of hate from Twitter. But honestly, on the Lakers, he doesn't play half bad. But I guarantee if you put him in a team like Cleveland or the Raptors or maybe even the Charlotte Hornets, he'd be putting up numbers 25-plus a game. 20, 25-plus a game. Easy. He's just being held back. Same thing, same thing with Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder was... In my opinion, Schroeder won sixth man of the year in 2019 instead of Trez. That's debatable. He's putting up 19 points a game, I think around four or five assists. And now, since he's come to the Lakers, his points and his rebounds and his assists have significantly gone down. I think that's a step back from what he took in OKC. I think Lakers are really robbing Dennis Schroeder of his player progression. He's been taking a step down, doesn't take as much shots. I get that LeBron and AD are on the team, but at the same time, 
his player progression has significantly gone down than what would have than 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 what would have happened in the OKC. That's my take on the players uh, players progression. I mean, yeah, in a way, because like one thing I wanted to say is, as a Laker fan, one thing I will say is that their scouting department is one of the best. I mean, they know exactly which guys are you know the best ones, the best prospects out there. Of course, you know Alonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, they were like you know top two picks, obviously. But like Julius Randle, they figured it out pretty much. They drafted him. Kyle Kuzma, Alex Caruso, Taylor Horton Tucker, these guys were all pretty much like players that not really many casual fans have heard of, mm-hmm. and they're you know able to you know draft him with their selections and done well. Yes. Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, they, you know, peaked, you know, outside of L.A. I don't think Ingram really had a shot at peaking L.A. I think, you know, he only had one year pretty much to, like, do his – I think it was, like, one or two years to pretty much his best. And LeBron came, and LeBron kind of ruined Ingram. Like, I'm pretty sure Brandon Ingram actually has, like, a vendetta against LeBron because he kind of ruined him in a way because like, at the time because, you know, Ingram was, like, a mini KD at the time. LeBron was the main small forward, so kind of moved him. I think Ingram and Randall both going to, you know, their own markets or places – was really beneficial for them. I think, you know, Julius Randle, he's doing amazing with New York right now. I mean, the Knicks are, you know, one of the best teams. They're actually a really – people are thinking they might be a playoff team. I mean, obviously, they don't fuck up. I think they'll be fine. No. Um, but, yeah, Definitely overall, I mean, that's true. I think with Dennis Schroeder's struggles, I mean, I also thought he should have won six-man of the year last year. I think it's more about letting him get into the offense more because the issue with Lakers are the past two years, Schroeder's role was filled by Rondo. And Rondo did amazing. I mean, Rondo sucked ass in the regular season. I think every Laker fan will say that pretty much true. But the playoffs, he was able to pick it up. Yeah. So I think Schroeder, he's still figuring out his role. I think overall, he's been okay. I mean, I think a lot of people are expecting him to be the third, the third best player. But at the same time, Schroeder's more of a six-man of a year. Like, he was doing that role with Atlanta when they're really good. Okay, see, he was a six-man. He's more of a six-man role. But this year, he's playing as a starter. I think that's where he's also, you know, learning it out, struggling a little more with that. And at the same time, there was like a lot of guards on that team. You have Caruso. Yeah, I can tell you he's called Will Pope, who's having a great year. I think right now he's a clear-cut third player. I mean, he was balling out against Milwaukee. I think that's his best game so far I've seen. And, yeah. Crucial in the championship win last year. I think it's great that the Lakers signed him again. But, yeah, I, that's, that's my take on the Lakers um, on the Lakers player development. I think, honestly, for the last 20 years, um, Kobe Bryant rests his soul. I think the Lakers, uh, like the Lakers, like organization has been riding like his bad. Like the players develop, the player development for Kobe, uh, the player development with Kobe was still around. Like, oh, you're gonna work out with Kobe this summer. That's basically their player development. After he retired in 2016, I think the next few years they've been really struggling to figure out how they're gonna develop the, develop their players. And I promise you, if they did develop Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, D'Lo, right, you could have literally seen another dynasty for the Lakers, including LeBron. Maybe it would have been really good. It would have been really good. Yeah, Their development is bad. So we could have yeah. seen a great Lakers team even without AD if they didn't do the trade. Yeah, I would say with the Lakers, like from like, you know, that 2013 year when Kobe, you know, had that Achilles injury post that and then up to the point where like AD came. Like that was kind of that was kind of decided between two like arrows because it was a Kobe's final years. So and I think Lakers kind of screwed in that. So because everyone knows Kobe took a massive contract extension, which a lot of people criticize him for it. But I'll be one to say that, you know, Bryant, you know, He's led some very, very bad Laker teams. Of course, the 06, 07 team, where Kwame Brown, the greatest bust of all time, was a starting center on that team. I mean, I mean, he's yeah. No, you're I think that was like, yeah. Has to be Anthony Bennett. Crazy. Oh, you know, and now he's the biggest bust. But like Kwame Brown, at the time, like man, was in the league for like six years before. Like he was in the league for a while. Like I can play him in 2K13. It was pretty funny actually. But yeah, he was in the league still. So, but yeah, that team, I think. It was pretty much whoever's like I think Lakers are kind of forced to be in a win now situation because they had no you know they had no cap pretty much Kobe took all that money and mm-hmm. stuff and like the management at the time you know Mitch Kupchak he was kind of overrated at the time because many felt like you know he was only you know his best market sell was pretty much Los Angeles and like yeah he kind of got he only got Paul Gasol because Kobe pretty much forced him to get him mm-hmm. and then you know he was pretty mediocre afterwards and stuff and then of course ever since you know Kobe retired and stuff. I think the franchise, I think a lot of, like, the issue with what happened to the Lakers were they were going very slow in terms of rebuild. I think what happened was, like, they were getting, you know, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Julius Brando, D'Angelo Russell. Of course, Russell got traded off. And then I think when LeBron came over to the Lakers, everything kind of, like, got fucked over because they pretty much had to go from being a rebuild project, like, slowly rising up back to the ranks, to going to pretty much becoming, uh, uh, you know, a championship contender and stuff. And normally, you know, the Laker dynasties in the past, the 80s, the Showtime Lakers, Magic Johnson was drafted. Kareem was a free agent signing. The 0-1 Lakers. Kobe was drafted. 
Shaq was a free agent. This one, unfortunately, both of them are free agents, which kind of sucks. But yeah, I would, I mean, if I had to say which Laker team would have been better, would I prefer the baby Laker dynasty or the currently LeBron E dynasty? I would have probably preferred the baby Laker one because, you know, everyone was drafted. It'd be like what the Warriors were, you know, a few years back with the, 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 the 73 and 9 one. But yeah. Proper player development, the young baby Laker dynasty could have spawned into something amazing. They could have done something amazing. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, you never know. I mean, we're pretty much seeing that with the Pelicans right now. So low key. Because yeah. Pelicans, I mean, I don't think, I think Lonzo Ball hasn't effectively like, branched out yet. He's a role player. He does, he certainly didn't live up to the hype. He's putting like, he's putting up like 12 and 12 and 4, 12 and 3, something around that. But yeah, he is. He's being like slightly. I think if like I remember watching on where like they compared his bubble stats to this year's stats, and like everything pretty much everything's the same except for his points. He's he's a much he's been scoring a lot more points. I'm pretty sure, but like that's it. I mean, I watched Ball. You know, his UCLA days. I think it was like a highlight stream where everyone's like, I want this Lonzo Ball back, and Bro was balling out with that team. I think at this point, I think it's confidence. I think what like his father pretty much you know kind of fucked him over, yeah. and then you know it's it's tough. I want to see Lonzo Ball branch out. I mean. He's one of my favorite college players of all time. You know, Bro was a baller. I mean, he's, he was pretty much, I think at this point, we were all saying he's like, you know, next Jason Kidd. He's pretty much a, a mediocre Ricky Rubio, which isn't really something you want to be known for. I just hope, you know, he stays in the league, man. I mean, Lamelo is taking all his team right now, so. I think Lamelo will definitely live up to the hype. Youngest player to get a triple-double. Yep. That's amazing. He's the face of the, he's going to be the face of the Charlotte, Charlotte Hornets. Oh, did you hear the news? Apparently his coach called him out, actually. Because apparently, like, you know, his father, LeVar, pretty much said that he wanted LaMelo to be starting, and the coach was like, well, LaMelo can't go play defense, so. Oh, they're the Kardashian yeah. basketball. Oh, exactly. Hey, they, their Facebook show is actually pretty uh, pretty lit. In the first few years, the first, like, two seasons were pretty good. And then, of course, they had all the entire, like, Allen Foster situation and stuff. But, yeah. All right. Speaking of Los Angeles and uh, the Lakers player development, what's your opinion on the evil brother of the Lakers, the Clippers? I wouldn't say they're evil. I would just say they're, they're like that, you know, that, like, you know, your brother you have, like, that small brother that's always pissing you off. But, like, you got to shut him up for a little. Yeah, I'll be honest. I think the Clippers, like, I was somewhat confused by their moves in the offseason. Of course, I thought, like, my fear was they would get Rondo because I felt like Rondo would fit their offense perfectly. He went to the Hawks. They um they chose Tyron Lou as a – I mean, I don't know if you remember, but Lou was not a good coach to Cleveland that the, the LeBron – uh, Cavs. I mean, he was pretty much LeBron's puppet. And then as soon as LeBron leaves, he I don't think he won a game without LeBron, which is really funny. And then, you know, it becomes the assistant to uh, the Clippers. And then, you know, after what happened with the uh, Doc, entire Doc situation where, like, they pretty much fumbled the bag against the Nuggets and then Tyron got, you know, you know promoted. It felt weird because I always thought they would have gone for someone outside. But at the same time, I mean, getting promotion isn't really, you know, you know very, like, you know, different. I mean, you talk about what Toronto did in 2018 when Dwayne Casey got fired and they promoted Nick Nurse. They won the championship next year. I mean, Clippers could win. So far, they looked really much better. I mean, Luke can, I mean, they made some good moves. Serge Ibaka, I think, was a much bigger move than many of us expected. Yeah, He's been a great person. Because, like, I think a lot of us criticized Montrez Harrell last year. I mean, see, I think Harrell was god-awful in that bubble. But the issue was, of course, Harrell literally, you know, I think his grandmother, I think, passed away that time. And she was a big inspiration for him. So Harrell didn't really come until the playoffs started, which is probably the worst time for him to come. I think that's also partially why he struggled. I mean, a lot of his weaknesses kind of got exposed as a Laker fan. I'm watching it as well. But I think Ibaka has been the main reason for the team's support. Kawhi, I mean, see, I never thought Kawhi was capable of having a bad game, bad, like a bad series until I saw what he did against Denver last year. He's kind of improved. I mean, he was very slow with the entire injury, you know, the uh, elbow injury, the, the mask Kawhi. And so Paul George has been doing really well. I mean, as I said, you know, I'm not a big fan of his, you know, he's always a liar to me. I mean, he lies about everything. He just pretty much lies to say the best thing, which I think any Indian pair will yell at him for it. So, but yeah, yeah. But overall, I think he's doing pretty well. I mean, I, I'm not going to hate on the man. He's doing really good. I think uh, Nick Batum has done really well. I think he's kind of like Avery Bradley to me, where um, at a time where like both players, they were like a good role player for like a, like a wild time. But then they kind of became like irrelevant after some time because like Batum, he was a good role player with the Portland Trailblazers and the Charlotte Hornets. And then he kind of became like a bench warmer for what some time before coming to the Clippers. He's given some good three-point shooting. I think, I mean, Patrick Beverly, I think, is probably their worst, like, probably their biggest Achilles heel as he's not like a traditional point guard, very defensive-minded guy. And, you know, they probably need a floor general. But I think the Clippers, I, I do believe they'll make the conference finals. I'm believing on them. 
I think they're going to get it done. I still think the Lakers will win that series, but it'll be a good one. I'm hoping they actually meet. I hope you know they don't choke. They don't live up to their franchise name and choke. Uh, that's the hope. But yeah, I think they'll do good. We'll see how the we'll see how the playoffs go. Yeah, I have pretty similar takes, honestly. I think I think the Clippers have been doing really well this year. I think Ty Lue was a great sign. I think he's been doing excellent so far. They're the number one seed in the West. I know the season just started, but so far they've been uh, they're doing great. They're twelve and five. I think number one seed tied with the Lakers. Uh, so we ha- over the last few games over over the season, I think Paul George has been putting up. 25, 6, and 6 with 52, 50, and 92. Same thing with Kawhi, 25, 6, and 6, 52, 40, 90. The reason we don't see these two in MVP-level conversations is people are not able to differentiate who's the MVP of the team, PG or Kawhi. They're putting the exact same numbers and having the exact same impact on the team. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Kawhi's free agency signing is coming up this year after the season. And I think he will re-sign if they make the Western Conference Finals. If they choke in the second round like they did last season, I don't see Kawhi re-signing with the Clippers again. Because his entire, the entire reason he wants to play with Paul Jordan was to win another chip in the West, in his, home, he's in his hometown of L.A. If they choke before the Western Conference Finals, I don't see Kawhi Leonard signing with the Clippers again. The, the yeah. Los Angeles Clippers re-signed Paul George for the five years, which is smart. They can retain some of his value. I think after giving up all those assets to, uh, to OKC in order to uh, uh, obtain Paul George, I, I think it was really wise of them to sign him for that five years. But yeah, I think I don't think it's a problem of the regular season that Paul George he's been uh, putting up. He's been playing great so far. I don't think it's a problem of the regular season. I think he just needs to prove the world and everyone is watching the NBA that he's not a playoff choker. Once the playoffs come, I think that's where he really needs to put up these numbers and shine and say, hey, I'm not a playoff choker. I need the narrative change immediately. If they don't make the Western Conference Finals, I will be disappointed because the Lakers and the Clippers are the Western Conference um, Finals for me. I think either one of them could win. I think it's really neck and neck. But yeah, if play, uh, playoff P doesn't choke, then I think we could really have a strong Clippers team. I think the signing of was really crucial because they're losing Trez. I think Patrick Beverly, you said it um, – that he's the Achilles heel. I think the opposite. I think he's really good defensively, made all first defensive team uh, for a point guard. He's a really great defensive point guard, I think. So, yeah, that's my opinion on the Clippers. Yeah, I know what about Kawhi's situation. I honestly think he doesn't leave. Like, because I feel like if he leaves, where would he go, though? Because, like, I don't know a single team that will actually want him, though. Because, like, yes, he's, like, you know, a top five player. In my, I think he's the fourth best player in the league right now. But, like, I feel like him going somewhere would be weird. And plus, he literally came to the Clippers and, you know, lives in San Diego, which is – it's quite interesting, man. But, yeah, I think he's going to save the Clippers long-term. Uh, I mean, I don't see anywhere else he can go. I can probably see maybe out east. I don't like, stay with the Clippers if they don't make it past the second round again. Because if they do – they yeah. twice with a new coach, more more role players, Serge Ibaka, Nicholas Batum, then I don't see him staying long-term with the Clippers at all. The main reason he came to Los Angeles – was to win another championship with Paul George. He wanted to play with Paul George. And if Paul George is the sole reason why they keep choking in the second or first round of the playoffs, then he's not going to want to play with them anymore. His prime years are almost done. He's like, I think he's in his, 20, I think he's 29, 28, 30. He's edging his prime years right now. He wouldn't want to spend more time in LA when he's losing in the first or second round with Paul George, especially when Paul George is staying for another five years. It's not going to turn out well for him. If they keep choking, then Kawhi isn't going to stay. If I were Kawhi, I wouldn't want to stay. If I don't make the Western Conference, that's true. Interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, at the same time, but the thing is, also Kawhi is a very unique person. Like, bro is awkward as hell. He loves being calm, so that's true. Uh, what's yeah? I think that's an interesting topic. But yeah, let's move on to the next one. So, what do you think are the most disappointing teams so far? All right, disappointing. I think it's I have like two teams out east. That's Toronto and uh, Washington. So the main thing with Toronto was, you know. I was someone that thought Toronto would be fine without Kawhi. I thought it would be, you know, a tier two team, which is a team that will make the playoffs for sure, but, like, not really do much in there. And this year they took a pretty big hit, you know. They were expecting to lose Fred Van Lee because, like, they all felt like he might go sign somewhere with a big-ass big, big ass contract and stuff. But he chose Toronto, and the process had lost Mark Gasol and Zorj Ibaka, two of their big, you know, rim defenders and stuff. I think, of course, everyone knows uh, Toronto's main two pieces, Kyle Lowry and Piasco Siakam, of the two main pieces. Lowry has, you know, done pretty well, but at the same time, he is getting up there in age. Uh, Siakam, I mean, he, I think, had a, he had a good year so far, and then he struggled mightily in the bubble, which I felt like was, I think we shouldn't take that too much seriously because it is the bubble. But, yeah. I think Siakam is really struggling with the Raptors this year. 
I mean, he's putting up decent numbers, but he's, if he wants to play the if he if the Raptors option as if he's the number one player on the Raptors, he's certainly not living up to the expectations. I mean, he's, exactly. he got benched for disciplinary reasons. He missed a crucial shot in one of the games. He spin moved in the two crucial shots. Two he crucial missed the back to back. Yeah. If he wants to be a number one player, he needs to start playing like one. He clearly isn't playing like one right now. He's disappointing the entire Raptors franchise. It's not looking good. If they don't make the playoffs this year, it's going to be because of Pascal Siakam. I'm very hard. Yeah, I'm, that is true. Because, I mean, I'm sticking on his contract stuff. He is signed to 2024, which is actually, like, a lot. I mean, at this point, I think he's going to take a I – think, I, I think he's getting to it, man. I think he's not the same person right now. Of course, to, you know, they're finding a new development in Chris Boucher – Who's you know pretty much I think the candidate for uh, most improved right now, which I hope you. Know, I think you know he's doing their best part, and I think Toronto is finally you know leveling their ship up, getting back to winning games and stuff. But I mean they need a big boost and get back, and then of course Washington. I thought this team was a playoff team with you know Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal because Russ, I mean he carried that Oklahoma City Thunder after Kevin Durant left back to the playoffs in the mighty West. I feel like him and Bradley Beal could pretty much get this team back in the back out you know you know a playoff contender in the East. It made them good, but, you know, this team, Bradley Beal said it best. They can't defend a parked car. They're just uh, bad defensively, you know. We say Brooklyn has a horrible defense. Washington might be second. And then, of course, they have, like, you know, COVID issues pretty much taking over the entire, like, organization. From what I've heard, they haven't played a game since last Monday. That's a really long time to play basketball. And, like, apparently Beal wants to wait even longer for that because, you know, he wants to make sure everyone he goes off and stuff. At this point, they got to see where they are. I think, you know, they're not a very bad situation going already before this entire COVID thing. They're in an even worse situation with half their games canceled at this point. I, think I mean, they're, you know, they're pretty much a mess. I think that's my same opinion on the on Washington. Here's my opinion on Washington, right? Coming into the season, everyone thought they'd be really good. Oh, they have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. One MVP winning player and one player who should have been in the All-Star game last year, putting up 30 plus points. But here's my thing, right? Russell Westbrook, he's only good when he, he's only good when he's the best player on his team. We saw him work with KD when he, was, when he was younger, which is fine. And then we saw him play with Harden. He didn't work out with Harden. When Harden was in a slump of February 2020, Russell Westbrook was putting up 28-9-9. and That's because he's the best player on his team. He can only function when he's the best player on his team. He cannot work with Bradley Beal. That's why they've been losing. That's why they have the worst record in the – that's why they have the worst record right now. You see, I honestly thought coming into the, uh, coming into the season, I thought Bradley Beal would see a dip in the numbers because we always because uh, um, he has another ball dominant player on his team, Russell Westbrook. So I thought we'd see a dip. I surprisingly haven't seen a dip in Bradley Beal's numbers. Russell Westbrook, yeah. he's been putting up triple double triple doubles. He has to be the best worst player I've ever seen. He, I think, in my Russell Westbrook is great. He's athletic. He just needs to have a good jump shot. He's super ball dominant. He cannot function with another ball dominant player on this team. I think that's the Achilles heel. As well, uh, that's the Achilles heel on their team, along with their defense. We have Thomas Bryant who's out, and this is really proof that with terrible defense, you cannot win a basketball game. That goes back to yeah. the terrible defense you cannot win. I think Russell Westbrook and their lack of defense is really the Achilles heel. What's pushing Washington back? From going to the playoffs, and another team. At the same time, yeah. Another team that's really disappointing for me is the Rockets. I'm obviously a Rockets fan. Um, ignore the Celtics jersey. I'm obviously a Rockets fan. This year, I thought seeing John Wall and Boogie Cousins come in, regardless of their ACL and uh, Achilles injury, I thought they'd be doing well. John Wall hasn't disappointed, honestly. I think he's progressed pretty well from his Achilles injury. I think. The first few games, James Harden, he, he looked like he did not want to be there. Like, it was pretty obvious that he didn't want to be there. And he, I think he was just sick and tired of being on the Rockets, which is fine. But honestly, the second worst record on the Western Conference is truly disappointing, especially with Oladipo. I know Oladipo hasn't been playing that much, but the second worst record, really, I think they lost the, the first game with Oladipo. And then Christian Wood, Christian Wood has been a great plus for the Rockets. He's been putting up 20-plus points a game. I think he's a contender for most improved player. Christian Wood has not disappointed at all this year so far in the Rockets. I think really what's going wrong is the chemistry. I think Boogie Cousins, same thing, uh, Boogie Cousins has played an impact. He's been ejected for two – he's been ejected for technicals for the last few games, a couple games. And then I think their signing with Kevin Porter Jr. is really going to help. Besides, here's my thing with Kevin Porter Jr., right? 
I've seen clips of him. He's very explosive. I think there's only upside for him going for the Rockets, right, for the Rockets and his career. But I wouldn't be surprised if I saw some locker room scuffle between him, between him and Boogie Cousins. That's my only thing. The Rockets have gone into rebuild mode, which is fine since they traded Harden. But it's truly disappointing to see that they're the second worst record in the West right now. One thing I'll say about Washington before I go is Scott Brooks is a horrible coach. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I think he would have gotten fired if they had no COVID issues and stuff. But, like, I thought he was a good coach in Oklahoma City, and then they got fired. I was like, wait, what? And then, you know, had a good, like, start in Washington, but, like, they suck now. But, yeah. And then coming to Houston, I think – see, what happened with Houston was they were a drama-filled organization. Now, everyone was coming in, all the issues they have, the James Harden, Russell Westbrook stuff. And, you know, but both of them gone now. I think that's good for the organization stuff. But – I think coming hard and coming in, they kind of brought unwanted attention for that, you know, entire squad. And, like, a lot of guys, I think it's, you know, mentally affected by that. So, I think that's also an issue. And, plus, they've only – I mean, they've won some games. I think Christian Wood is probably their best player right now. He's doing amazing so far. You know, he's like – yeah. If I, were, if I was a Rockets GM or a Rockets coach, I would rebuild around Oladipo and Christian Wood. Christian Wood yeah, this, yeah. has been proving himself constantly throughout the year. And I think he's a serious candidate for most improved player. If I were the Rockets GM, I would build around Christian Wood or Victor Oladipo. I know Victor Oladipo has played so far for the Rockets so far, but given time, I think he'll really blend in with the Rockets really well. And if I were the Rockets GM, I'd build around both of them instantly. Yeah, as I said, John Wall and Boogie Cousins, I think they're still recovering. I think Boogie, him getting pretty much ejected every time. Like, you can't, like, it's pretty much, like, bound to happen. Like, at this point, it's inevitable for every game. You just got to hope it doesn't happen. And then you have those two, you just got to hope nothing happens and stuff. And then, I mean, for Oladipo, I think, I'll be honest, I was very happy that Houston got Oladipo because pretty much it didn't put them in a rebuild situation. It pretty much told them, like, hey, you can still retool. I mean, you still got, like, a decent, like, you got an all-star on your team, Victor Oladipo yeah. and John Wall. And you have a, I mean, yeah, you have a good team. I mean, think about Houston. They have, like, a lot of well-known players. The pieces, they just need to figure out the chemistry between all of them. Yeah. That's the biggest issue, I think, because they have really good players. They have John Wall, who's great in his prime. You have Boogie Cousins, who's also great in his prime. Granted that they're both recovering from injuries. You have Oladipo, who's an all-star. And then you have Christian Wood, who's a serious contender for most improved player. Four of those pieces, I think they could really work well. I think it's just the chemistry and the locker room. I think Steven Silas needs to work something out. Obviously, he's still proving himself. He's a new coach and everything. But with the new coaching situation, with the lack of Mike D'Antoni and J- Daryl Morey, I think it's still the beginning of the season for them. So I'm not – I mean, I'm surprised that they're the second bottom, but, I'm, but I, I, I knew they weren't going to be the top five or four seeds that they were last year. But it, it is disappointing that they are the second to last seed in the Western Conference. Yeah. I think, yeah, this, I think, of course, Steven Silas, you know, he's a rookie. We, I mean, rookie coach. I mean, yes, he's been someone that a lot of people, you know, said we should get him, we should get him, we should get him. But in the end, he just started now. So I think he'll get some responsibility going in. And, of course, all the drama is finally filled up. You know, all the tension for Houston has died down pretty much now. I mean, Houston, they have a lot of good known players. They have John Wall, Eric Gordon, uh, Victor Oladipo, Christian Wood, DeMarcus Cousins, Daniel House, the horny house. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, Daniel House, and then, uh, of course, Kevin Porter Jr. now. They have, like, a really well-known roster in terms of veterans and stuff. They have nobody, no young guys, which I think can be something, you know, I, I guess a little puzzling. Young guy for them. I guess, yeah, Porter and Wood are probably the most young, but, like, you know how many rookies and stuff, which kind of sucks. Yeah. I wouldn't be, I mean, as you said, I mean, you, I know you're a Rockets fan. I wouldn't be too concerned with this team. I think they'll slowly figure themselves out. And the issue with Oladipo is everyone's saying he wants to go to Miami, which I think would be a good fit for him, but at the same time, I mean, yeah, to see if whether or not Oladipo wants to be there because everyone's in Indiana, like, you know, he himself said he didn't want to go and he wanted to stay in Indiana, but, like, a lot of people said that he literally went to players and be like, trade me, which you never know about him. So he's a very interesting guy. And also, Oladipo hasn't exactly been the same, you know, all-star player we saw him in 2018, you know, going head-to-head with LeBron James. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll see how he goes. I think Houston will be fine in the long run. I mean, depends on, I mean, it really depends on what they're going to do. If they want to continue, you know, you know, contending or in a rebuild completely. I'm excited for this you know, Houston team, though. I mean, like, Christian oh, yeah. Woody, of course, young guy. Kevin Porter Jr., yeah. Christian Wood. There's definitely upside. I think just need to work out the coaching situation and the chemistry between the two. Exactly. And just be clean, you know. Kevin Porter Jr. and DeMarcus Cousins, that will, that kind of, see, that means it's like to be a lot of fights in that locker room. And they got to make sure everything's good. Pretty much, yeah. I think Silas has a big job coming up. But also the GM, Rafael Stone, he hasn't done a bad job. He's done a pretty good job. Of course, you know, the issue why I think many people, you know, criticize Maury for leaving, saying that it's for the China situation and stuff. I honestly think Maury left because it was like he was pretty much in a fucked up situation. Like, they had no picks. 
they had no, they were pretty much in the middle of the land. Mm-hmm. They had nothing going for them. And, you know, he left for Philadelphia, which is not like, I mean, you can call it a pussy move or whatever it is, but, like, he was just choosing his move out. And yeah. the Stones pretty much has done a good job, you know. He got back the picks. He, I mean, he was able to, you know, get some, like, you know, players out. So, I think he's done a pretty good job so far. But, yeah. Last question. Most surprising player this year in terms of good? And then the, the player you thought is the worst this year so far in the season? So like, most surprising and most disappointing players, I guess? Yeah, most surprising. Most I, think, I think disappointing. I kind of have to say Westbrook. I thought he would be much better in Washington. I didn't think it would be this bad. And then most surprising, I would say, um, who well, it's tough, honestly. Like, a player that's like, I think Julius Randle, maybe? Because, like, I never, like, watched really many New York Knicks games. Like, I heard, like, he was the best player on the team. But I heard everyone would trade him, trade him, you know, to a contender where he can play a good job. And so far, he's, you know, he's sitting in New York. He's doing a very good job. He's a blessed player on that team. The Knicks, you know, they're actually a playoff team right now. I mean, you know, it's only January and the playoffs begin in June. So they still have five months left. But I think at the rate we're going, they might be a good team coming up. But, yeah. For me, I, I think the most disappointing has to be a tie between Blake Griffin and Russell. Yeah, Blake. I was really expecting more from Russell Westbrook. He won the MVP about three years ago. Definitely not too far off from his prime. I mean, yeah, he's struggled with injuries, but I think Russell Westbrook could have done so much more with the Wizards if he wasn't injured. And then Blake Griffin, he's notorious for being a great dunker, a highlight reel. And this year, he hasn't recorded a single dunk. Granted, with injuries and all that stuff, he's changed his game, but it's honestly disappointing to see that he hasn't recorded a single dunk, no highlight reels, nothing. And the most important yeah. for me, it's got to be either Julius Randle or Christian Wood. As a Rockets fan, I'm a bit biased towards Christian Wood, but someone who went undrafted in 2015... Uh, went from averaging, I think, like 11 or 12 on the Pistons and then suddenly averaging 20-plus points a game on the Rockets. It's really surprising for me. So I definitely got to say Christian Wood on that one. Yeah, I heard of Wood before last year because, of course, you know, he was like, one of the few players to get COVID and stuff. But, like, I already noticed he was balling out with Detroit and, like, obviously, like, some low-key highlights on it from, like, you know, the NBA and stuff. But at the same time, and also Blake. Like, see, Griffin, of course, everyone knew he was, like, a dunker. Like, he was doing highlight reels and stuff. And then... He chose, you know, instead of becoming a highlight reel, he became a basketball player. Like, he tried refining his game. Yeah. He really came in MVP, third place in MVP in 2014 and stuff. But I think him signing with the Clippers long-term was a bad decision for him because he got traded to Detroit literally, like, six months into it. And he's carried the Pistons team as much as he can at this point. I'm looking, hoping he does, you know, get himself out. I hope he does, you know, get traded to a contender. Like, kind of like – I think – I feel like him and Kevin Love are pretty much in the same situation where – they're like they can be a good third option on a really contending team, but they just they have massive contracts and like I the only way they can probably leave is get like a buyout, which is very ridiculous. I think Blake Griffin is pulling a James Harden, not with the strip clubs, obviously, but I think he's playing poorly because he wants out of the, uh, out of Detroit. Blake Griffin. Oh, that's definitely. true. Maybe it could be. But I think at this point, like I think he's playing. I mean. If he wants to, you know, get traded, I think he needs to play a little much better. Because, like, the performance I want to say, I mean, I wouldn't want to say this, but it looks like he's, his like, prime is done. He's pretty much on the end of his career. Yeah, which is pretty sad to see, you know. Like, this guy was, you know, becoming a thing when I, when we brought, I think we started watching basketball. So, disappointing, man. Disappointing. Disappointing to see. Yeah. Cool. On that bombshell, that concludes the first episode of Buzzer Beater. Thank you all so much for watching. Adesh, any final words? I mean, great, you know, great first show. I mean, hopefully we can, you know, I think, you know, we had a pretty some good, you know, good moments, some good, dis- I, we had like, so I think a lot of learning curves, you know, figure it out and stuff, but hopefully we can do much better next time. But yeah, good show. Thank you all for watching. Thank you, Adesh, for being the co-host. Of course. See you all next week.